listener production. The Lilypad Cafe is a community hub of hospitality, inclusivity and native flavours. Started in 2019 by Nyoka Habinski and her husband Lazio, the Glebe Cafe prides itself on catering to anyone who might walk through their doors. And for a welcome twist, Nyoka is passionate about including the native ingredients she grew up with. She incorporates these into her traditional cafe menu to bring her community more than a menu. Nyoka, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. How long have you been running the cafe, out of curiosity? Uh, so August this year was, it's two years. So it's just uh, okay. over two years. It helps when you're in hospitality to be a chatterbox, you know that, don't you? Well, well I'm... you got to limit it. <laughs> <laughs> Still business, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think because I grew up in community my whole life, we have a very community space and I just, I feel bad if I don't talk to people. So I'm I'm talking all the time and it's really exhausting it's at the end trans- of the day. It's transfer of information. It's all right. So where did you grow up? What community was this? So I'm a Yadinji woman. So my tribal group is Yadinji uh, in Yarraba. So in far north Queensland, near Cairns. Um, when I was three months old, my parents actually took me to West Cape York. Right. And and I grew up there for the first uh, almost nine years of my life um, in an Aboriginal community called Kawanyama. And Kawanyama is language name and it translates to place of many waters. And so we got accepted into the Kokobera tribe and we ate bush taka every, every week. Every weekend we were out camping, eating bush taka. So how does this young lady find herself in another tribe in Glebe in Sydney <laughs> running a cafe. Um, so it's a bit of a funny story. There is actually a Lilypad Cafe in Cairns. And my husband was actually the chef there for 15 years. And the owner of that one was like bugging him for years and years, you know, come on, take it to Sydney or take it somewhere and do your own thing. He just kept saying, you know, denying him. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> We're, you know, I'm quite comfortable. And one day he comes home and he's like, oh, do you want to move to Sydney? And I was like, oh, not really. <laughs> and then he goes, well, how about opening up our own cafe down there, you know, a, a lily pad down there. So I said, you know, as a wife, I should be very supportive of my husband. So I said, sure, let's move to Sydney. Let's open up our own cafe. So we bought the concept of the one from Cairns to Sydney and I guess, you know, in terms of point of difference, not only having that Aboriginal aspect to it, we have generous serving sizes because we believe in, you know, traditional cafe culture. You go out because you want to eat something that you're not going to make for yourself at home, right? And also when you go out, you pay for what you get. You know, you want to eat there and you want to walk out like you're eight months pregnant. So, you know, you want to, you don't want to go home and, and fill your face again. So that's the value of our cafe is affordable prices for generous portions of food. And not only that, our cafe was always and forever was inclusive. So no matter what your religion is, what gender you want to be, what you eat, you know, what you wear, anything, what language you speak, we wanted to welcome everybody. So all of the judgment is left outside. So once you step into our premises, our cafe, we are all one. That is the space that we've created. And 
Also the food. Everything on our menu can be vegan or vegetarian except for one dish. And we have a huge menu. So my husband, being his genius self, he actually created Vegan Eggs Benedict. So vegan eggs with vegan hollandaise that actually run like the yolk runs like real eggs. And you get lots of regulars back in. I mean, you rely on them, I'd imagine. We rely on a lot of our regulars, yes. And it is so, so nice to even have like the support of all the regulars. But also the community in general is just such a nice feel to it. And the locals, you know, they're so welcoming and giving and they're very community-based as well and they really want businesses in Glebe to succeed. It's about actually creating that community and that sense of community and supporting one another. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the native ingredients that you use on your cafe menu. I had a little look through and you've got things like, you know, Davidson plum, you've got salt bush, you've got, you know, pepper berry. There's quite a bit of stuff actually that trickles <laughs> through the dishes, which is nice to see. Yeah, so I guess in terms of native ingredients, my husband and I, our vision for the whole cafe is to have it community-based but also to, you know, normalise Australian native ingredients. And in terms of um, incorporating them into our menu, we have worked with the local elder, especially incorporating quite a few of those ingredients actually into one of our um, dish. And she was really, really good with flavours and, you know, there's actually a certain way that you have to use the native ingredients to actually get its full flavour and its full potential. Can you tell us Um, about that? Can you give us a bit of detail? Um, so we work with the local elder, um, Annie Beryl, for creating our kangaroo burger, as it's, I guess, traditionally known in Australian language. But we actually named it Gangaroo. So Gangaroo is a traditional Guguyimata language name. And that comes from when um, Cook landed near Hopevale, so Cooktown area in Cape York. And the local elder, so the story of that one is he was speaking to Cook and there was a kangaroo jumping in the background and Cook goes, what's that? And the elder goes, it's a gangaroo. And then Cook changed it to kangaroo. So (laughs) that's how it got its name on our menu. And so we wanted to dedicate that one to the Guguyimata tribe. Um, So in terms of creating this dish with Honey Barrel, It actually took three months for us to create this, well, it's a meat patty. It's a kangaroo patty. (laughs) And it took three months because it's got so many different native ingredients, flavours going on in there that you really, really have to know how to incorporate it into the meat to really get its full flavour. And with that, we've created a finger lime aioli to go with it and the bush tomato relish. And that's very new to us as well. Like finger lime it grows in the region where I'm from, but bush tomato doesn't. So it was very, very new. So to incorporate all of these ingredients and for people to really, really taste it, it took three months in the making. Yeah. I've actually got a native, I've got a finger lime tree in my garden. Oh, yeah. there you so go. So I'm a big fan. I love finger limes. They're one of my favourites. So you've got to give me a little hint. In terms of that gungaroo burger, is there one flavour that kind of stands out that you could describe or that people would recognise? Probably the wattle seed. Okay. That is the most common flavour when it comes to native ingredients in Australia that people know. So describe wattle seed because it's almost, is it Mm coffee-like? 
So the way I normally describe this flavor to people, it's very earthy, mm. chocolatey, hazelnutty flavor. I incorporate it actually into coffee as well as our cafes. So it goes very well with chocolate because it does have those chocolatey notes to it, but it's very like, it's a very grounding taste. Brilliant stuff. So what's the plans going forward with, with Lilypad Cafe? I mean, as we said, you're a, you're a new business. You've ingratiated yourself into the community. You love being part of it, that little, you know, glebe community. Where does it go from here? Yeah, I think Lilypad will be around for a while. Um, I guess in terms of dreams, I really do... I see our cafe as a education hub when it comes to Aboriginal traditional knowledge. Yeah. And when I follow, when you follow actually, you as in general, um, follow proper Aboriginal law, you have to respect that. So me as an Indigenous woman, I actually cannot go and tell knowledge that's from a different tribal group without their permission. So I need permission first. So I speak a lot from what my family has passed down to me and I try and educate people about culture based on what I know. I guess in terms of the future, I really want um, everybody, you know, Australia is made up of so many diverse cultures now and, you know, I really want to create us as, you know, one mob and unify us together and I want people to learn about our culture in that way and I really want to educate them about, you know, we're not just dream time and boomerang and didgeridoo and dot painting. We are one, but we're very, very different, you know, in terms of tribal groups and language and dialect. And I want to educate people about all those differences and bring them together with food and talk about that in terms of food as well, because it's knowledge that's been passed on as well, but more in like a modern sense. Yeah, that's beautiful, Naoka. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And it's given us a little kind of window into your local community. And of course, what's different about your business, which is really beautiful. Oh, look, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Gary, for really taking the time to sit down and talk to me and, um, you know, listening um, and listening about my culture as well. So thank you. Thank you. Listener.